Welcome to the Waiting Warriors podcast. I'm Michelle Bowler. I'm an army wife of over eight years, a mom of four little girls, and a huge believer that being a supportive military or first responder loved one is way easier when you connect with the community. In addition to sharing some of my own insights and journey, I have set out to interview Waiting Warriors around the world so we can all learn together from their triumphs and their struggles. Together, we can do so much more than just survive. We can thrive. And that is what being a waiting warrior is all about. Hey, Waiting Warriors, welcome to another week on the Waiting Warriors podcast. I'm your host, Michelle Bowler, and today I get to bring you one of my friends. We've been friends on Instagram for many, many years, and I'll tell I mean, there's many reasons why, but I'll tell you why in just a second. So welcome to the show, Charlotte. Thanks for having me. I'm excited for a podcast. It's fun. Podcasting world is fun. So Charlotte is a teacher and my favorite part is she's a food blogger and um, she actually even does like she's so good that she does monthly appearances on a local TV station. So her recipes are amazing, aka you want to go follow her. Just my humble opinion. And she's from Texas. So you like, it's the whole Tex-Mex food kind of flavors. It's very, very delicious. And now I'm like getting hungry. <laughs> 10 o'clock at night. It's not like I'm going to go cook. But she does all of that. And she's a mom of three to teenagers, nonetheless. Married to an Air Force reservist now. They were active duty for eight years. So you are like, all sorts of things, not all over the place. You're very like together, but doing lots of cool things. How do you do all those cool things? I don't know. <laughs> People ask me that all the time and I feel like I wear a lot of hats mm -hmm. and um, it's hard to say. Like I just, there's so many things in my life that are so important to me that when they become important to me and they're, and I'm passionate about it, I just, I can't stop. You know, when it comes to my kids, I'm passionate about my kids. So I'm really involved with them and their lives. I, I live in a very uh, patriotic community and there's lots of opportunities for um, doing military related um, volunteer things that I love to get involved in. When my cooking started to just blow up, like, and I started getting these opportunity after opportunity it became so important to me which all happened after I became a teacher because I didn't graduate college until my kids were growing up and yeah. I was in my late 30s when I graduated college so it just and I'm passionate about teaching so I don't know I just follow your passions I guess and it just kind of will all fall into place because I feel like I'm doing what I'm supposed to do with my life yeah it drives yeah. you yeah so not only do you do all of those things but there's a pandemic going on and you guys um we'll say got you were uh given the opportunity <laughs> to do a deployment during a pandemic so that's like like a, a deployment is not like next level but that is a an, a really intense experience right yeah. anybody anybody who's been through it or even just heard about it, like we all know, right? 
Right. You did it during a pandemic. How, and you've done other deployments, right? Yes. Okay. Yes. It wasn't our first. How did, how did they come so here? Oh gosh. Like night and day. Yeah. My, we've only had a couple of deployments. We've been really, um, I guess, blessed in that way where we haven't had, um, we've only had two deployments now. And the first one, my kids were a lot smaller. I had little kids yeah. and then we knew well ahead of time that this one was coming up. Um, he left in January of 2020. And so, okay. So just before, yeah, it was before the crazy happened. And so, um, you know, I was still doing my thing and just food blogging and teaching and doing all these things. Luckily I had the, um, feeling the summer beforehand or the school year beforehand that I needed to go part-time with my teaching. Okay. I was like, you're going on this deployment next year. I'm, I can't keep doing my cooking segments every month that are like everything to me, be a mom, do all these things, teach full time. I was doing all that and teaching full time before wow. and doing cooking segments. And I was like, I can't, that's when you, sometimes you, ha you have to give yourself some grace. And so we decided that I would go part-time. And what a blessing that was because I would have lost my mind. Um, so I teach like one week on and one week off. So it ended up being such a blessing. And so he left and I was just doing my thing and we were living life and things were good. And I was still doing my cooking segments and I was teaching cooking classes, like live classes, which I love to do. And then the world fell apart and it was very, very, very hard. And I think the main part of it was just that, you know, remember that first like few weeks of right, like mid March when everything just kind of stopped and mm. it was, there was a lot of fear and unknown. And during that time you want your man, <laughs> you want your protector, you want your best mm. friend and to hold you and comfort you and to, to be there for the kids and, and it was in, he was gone. And so that is what was really hard for like a good month during that deployment. And then also what was hard is that everyone was having a hard time. Yeah. You know, when you're, you know, in my community, there aren't a whole lot of military, like in my like church community and mm -hmm. there's, there are, but like when you're going through, when I went through my other deployment, it was like, I was I got a lot of help and right. people were really aware of me and, and, um, cause I was like the one who was having the hard time, you know what I mean? And then when the pandemic hit, everyone was sad. Everyone was scared. Everyone was just having a hard time. And so I felt very alone because mm -hmm. I felt like I already had hard and then it was just harder with the pandemic. And so it was a lonely time. Um, I do have, you know, a lot of good people in my life that I was able to reach out to. We don't have a lot of family here. Mm -hmm. I have, um, the best mother-in-law ever that lives three minutes down the street. <laughs> Could not live life without her. But so that's what was the, really the hardest part of it is just not having our protector there and just feeling mm -hmm. that safety of having him home. And, um, it got a little better once things started to just kind of, we, I don't know, like. I felt like I was really scared, like for like three or four weeks. And then it was like, okay, we can all do this. And during all that time, my kids were amazing. So I have my, right now, my oldest is, I have a son who's 18. Can't even believe that. He's my man child. 
Um, he's taller than my husband. He's six, three. And then I have two daughters that are now 15 and 13. And I felt like having older kids during that time, they were feeling kind of the same, more mature emotions that I was feeling. And so it wasn't like needing to like coddle and comfort them as much. It was just like, what can we all do to like help each other? Cause we're all feeling these same emotions. It was kind of, it was, it was, it made us a lot closer together, honestly, because we felt like between us and my mother-in-law, like that was it. Cause every, I, I felt guilty if I can't think of anything off the top of my head. We didn't have any, like, thank goodness, like major sicknesses or anything like that. But like, um, like feeling like I could reach out and say, Hey, I've got this thing that's broken. Can anyone help me? I don't know. Because I felt like I didn't want to bother anyone because everyone was having a hard time. Right. So we kind of, the four of us were like in the five, if you count my mother-in-law, she's like our fam member of another member of our family. But I felt like we all became stronger together during that time because it's all we had, Yeah. you know? So it was kind of an, a really good bonding experience for us so yeah. and it just made the reunion with him all that better like did you see the homecoming we had yeah <laughs> it's kind of crazy i live in a really amazing community yeah so, yeah can you kind of talk about that a little bit more like what it's like having teenagers because it is it's it's got to be very different because they like you said, like they have the more mature feelings and just they're aware, like your kids were fully aware of what was going on in the world and they were. What was going on with dad. Do you know what I mean? Like my yeah. kids, I don't think my kids really understand the particularly like the danger aspect. Yeah. Of it. Like they just think daddy's overseas, you know, yeah. fighting the bad guys, but I don't think that they get that the bad guys would fight back to, you know, yeah, yeah. um, but you, you know, teenagers know what's going on more or less. What, yeah. what, what is that like on a daily, weekly emotional? They did, you know, they did really well. Like I know with like when the first appointment, when they were younger, they, there was a lot of tears, a lot of fear, but I felt like this time they like, they like stepped up to the, to the challenge of it. I felt like they did way better than I did at times. They lifted me up because I was, you know, I felt like we just came together and we were able to all just kind of like, I felt like I was just living with a bunch of, you know, adults, like <laughs> my kids are amazing and they weren't like super needy. But at that same time, it was hard for them because during that shutdown when everything was, was scary, they need teenagers need their friends. Yeah. They need their friends more than they need their mom sometimes. Like they want to be with their friends. Their friends are everything. And they didn't have that. So then it was like me going, okay, let's let's do a game night. Let's do this. And they came okay, mom. But it was just, it was just different emotions. It was, it was um, they were amazing. Mm -hmm. They really um, we just lifted each other up. We were really good at like um we love to cook. Of course they love, you know, we did a lot of cooking together and things like that. And so, yeah. So how, how do you get to that point with your kids where they are amazing and they are, um, 
know, resilient or just emotionally mature enough to handle and cope and, and be there for each other? Like, what do you feel like you've, well, not even like, do you feel like you've done anything special? Because I don't, I don't know if it is anything special, but what have you done to help get your kids to that point? I think one thing is that I don't like sugarcoat things. I'm really open and honest with my kids about everything. And I don't try to hide when I'm sad or when I'm um, worried, like they, they, they comforted me at times, but I, but you know, but I help them right back. I, I don't think that we need to always be like perfect and strong in front of our kids, little or you know, teenagers, mm -hmm. because I think they need to see that, that that's okay. And that's real. I'm saying, you know, mm -hmm. the same way with my students, there's times where at school and my students and I get upset and I cry about something that I'm teaching and it's like, it's okay. They need to see that it's real and it's human. Yeah. And so, um, we talked about big things. We talked about scary things. And, um, I think in, I let them, I kept communication very open so that they knew that if they were feeling fears or anything like that, or any kind of concern that they could come to me. Yeah. And that's just how it's always been. Yeah. Always. Yeah. Yeah. That's awesome. Because like you can see, well, the fruit, the fruit of that labor is that you guys can face really hard things now because yeah. you haven't coddled them or sugarcoated like all of those words, but also just you it sounds like you've taught them and shown them how to process through yeah. through things instead of just pretending like everything's okay. Like you've been yeah. an example of coping for years. That's yeah. awesome. Yeah. That's really awesome. <laughs> and now I'm like, oh, because I'm, I'm getting better at that. I've never been a person that's, uh, I don't know if there's like a word, but just good at sharing the emotions. Mm -hmm. But the more that I am like opening myself up to my kids and being honest about what's going on and just with people in general, but like, especially my kids, like it's amazing to see how much they can handle, yeah, how much they can learn. And then now and, you know, help me through or just help themselves or their sister. Yeah. Like it's it just, it teaches them good coping skills through life. They can see that mom might be a basket case one day and crying because she misses dad. But then the next day she's like filming a cooking video and, and following her passions. Yeah. <laughs> you know, she picks herself up and keeps going, yeah. you know, which is really incredible. Like, it just sounds funny because we think we're protecting our kids. We think we're doing our kids a service by not showing them that, but it's like, yeah, they like, need to, they need to see it. They need yeah. to see the good, the bad, and the ugly, you know, they need to know and they need to see that. Yeah. That we can be sad and that we, but we can, um, be resilient. And they saw that at the end of that seven months that, we were all stronger for it and we had the best reunion like oh it was the best because it was just like it felt a lot longer than seven months <laughs> with the pandemic like i just there was just so much um 
that was missed during that time. My son graduated high school. Mm-hmm. And so my, um, my husband missed that, but we were able to have him with, you know, thankful for t- technology. He could be with us. He missed our, uh, 20 year anniversary, all kinds of stuff. It was, it was crazy, but yeah, we've been married 20 years. That's awesome. And, yeah. It's crazy. <laughs> you made it even though yes. you're together. You he guys- still owes me some kind of trip of whenever we can travel again someday. Yep. A good one. And yeah. he'll have had plenty of time to plan it. Exactly. <laughs> you know, these military men, they gotta, yeah. No, yeah. no, spont- no spontaneity when it comes to that stuff. So what has this whole experience, particularly like the pandemic deployment combination, what has that taught you about yourself? So, you know how at the end of the year, everyone posts their like best nine on Instagram and it's like their top nine posts of the year. Yeah. So I, um, I was really open and, and you know, during the deployment and I would post things that were like happy moments about the deployment. And I would post, you know, I'm having a hard day. And this is a picture of the last hug that we had at the airport. And I just need this on my feed right now. So I can remember this last hug. Mm -hmm. So I posted a lot of that stuff. Well, my, I did my best nine pictures or whatever on Instagram and all of them were military related except for one. Mm -hmm. And that one was of um i work with the grocery store here and i do recipes for them and it's just been amazing and they have like they did a poster of me in the grocery store like it's crazy and there's all these little recipe cards and people can go in and see my little bio and grab my recipe cards and that and i took a picture of that mm-hmm. and that was amongst that was one out of the nine that was there and i loved that because i it showed me that in my year of like really, really hard, probably the hardest year I've ever gone through. Yeah. There's that one picture of me still killing it and going mm-hmm. after my dreams and not giving up on myself. Like there were times where it was really hard to show up and to, I was still doing cooking segments, um, even from my home through that whole thing, because cooking on TV is like the biggest dream of my life. Like, seriously, I, and it's something that I never even spoke out loud. It just kind of happened and it it's just amazing to me and I can't let that go. And so it just showed me that even through your hardest heart, you, you can't forget yourself. You can't forget your, what you want in life. You can't forget your dreams. You can't, um, you can't just go bury your head in the sand and crawl into bed and watch Netflix all day. Like you've got to still remember yourself and, and know that you're worthy of, of, of good things. Even if all the bad, you feel like the world's caving in on you. Like, yeah. Which is a really good lesson right now because so often there are days when, I mean, just, and, and anything and everything within the pandemic can like, at least me, maybe, maybe everybody else has a better handle of it, but it's like, I feel like I have a pretty good handle of it. And yet still there are just days where it's like, nope, I want to check out. Like, like it is, I want to bury my head in the sand. I just want to get in bed. I want all my kids to get in bed and just be happy being in bed with me, even though they never are. But like, (laughs) 
I just feel like some days you just have to think what's the next right thing? Yeah. What's the next right thing? What can I do today that gets me closer to being a better mom or following my passions, you know, like with my cooking or, mm -hmm. or closer to God or whatever it is that you need, or, you know, to be a better friend, like what's just the next right thing I can do anything that you're working on and want to improve in your life. And, um, some days it's itty bitty. Yeah. <laughs> it's like literally just, okay, I'm going to sit in, in my, I'm going to stay in my bed, but I'm going to make a list of recipes I can make in the next couple of weeks. Mm -hmm. You know, just that's one little tiny thing I could do just to get me to keep me going. Cause yeah. I felt like I've had over the last couple of years with um, all these foodie dreams of mine that are coming true that I never would have ever imagined a few years ago. Um, but that's what I've done. I've done like, what's the next right thing? Okay. I'm going to do this. And if it works out, I'm going to know that I'm doing the right thing. And I just do baby steps and it's, and I just, I'm, I'm gaining, I've gained so much momentum with that, that even though my husband was gone, the world was falling apart. I felt like I was like, I had to just be there for my kids and just everything that went on, all the emotions, all the, everything of it, I couldn't stop. Cause if I stopped, I was, if I stopped, I was scared. I wouldn't be able to start again Yeah. and I could easily let it, I could, I could stop doing that right now and it would be fine like you know what I mean I, I don't have to go back on good things Utah every month but it's so important to me you know what I mean yeah. and so I feel like yeah we just can't give up on ourselves we all, just because we're married or to these amazing military members that I mean I look up to my husband so much I'm so proud of him he's done some really cool things he's a great leader I'm so proud to be a military wife. However, there, I, I still, I'm still here. I still exist. I still have my things too. I can, you can still support them and, and go after your dreams. And it's never too late. I'm 40 years old and my dreams are just now coming true with my career, with my personal career. And that's okay. I feel like I'm just getting started. Like it's yeah. never too late. Yeah. Yeah. And I just love that message of like the next right thing for whatever, whatever and everything, like the next right thing for you and your kids on days during the pandemic, when you just wanted your husband to be home and like things are scary were to have a game night and the yeah. next right thing was to cook a recipe or, you know, like that, that can and should go into like every aspect of our life every time that we're yeah. overwhelmed or or just think that we can't and we just want everything to stop and we want to yeah. like we can just we have to just give ourselves grace because some days it's going to be a itty bitty tiny baby step and yeah. that's okay we we took a step mm -hmm. it might not have been a stride <laughs> it might not have been a leap but it was a step yeah forward even yeah. if it was just you know getting out of bed and brushing your hair and putting on some makeup and you know, that's it. And just having a fun day, get in the kitchen with your kids and cook, just little things like that, you know, just, you know, it can be so little and yeah. it's okay mm -hmm. because all those little steps are going to add up to big ones. Yeah.
which is, yeah, with every aspect is so important. Yeah. What, what did this, what did this experience teach you about your kids and then also your family as a whole? About my kids, I feel like, what did I do to deserve them? Because <laughs> they're like these three amazing humans. They are all so completely different. Mm-hmm. Like, oh my gosh. You know, you start noticing that when they're little. Oh, I kind of parent this one a little bit different than this. And then they grow into these, you know, little mini adults. And it's like, oh my gosh, I'm living like with all these different personalities. You know, my son was amazing and just strong and very helpful and, you know, love to cook with me and things like that. You know, then my other daughter, she's a little more reserved and I have to go to her and say, are you doing okay? Yes, Mm -hmm. mom, I'm fine. You know, Um, but she knows that she can come to me if she needs it. And then my youngest is a lot like me. She's a little um, more, uh, oh, what's the word? (laughs) (laughs) If she's not having a good day, everyone knows about it. Okay. (laughs) And she's a little more like open and, you know, everyone knows how she's feeling. Like no one ever guesses in my house, like if I'm happy or sad or excited or whatever, I wear my heart on my sleeve, like big time. I'm an oversharer. That's my youngest. Um, So just knowing what they needed and knowing those things about them and how they need to be loved and how, what, how they feel love was very important for me to, to know Mm-hmm. And as a mother, so that I could just be there for them better. And we really were all, um, it wasn't perfect. I mean, there's, I mean, teenagers fight, everyone gets frustrated, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. We're not like some perfect family at all, but we love each other. Everyone knows in this house that at the end of the day, there's love and that is all that matters. And, um, you know, we were grateful to be able to you know, FaceTime with my husband a lot because he had a lot of downtime because, you know, he was really bored for a couple months there because they weren't doing anything and just kind of, he was bored. So we talked a lot, got to the point where we talked so much. It was like, okay, I cannot talk to you this much. I, I have a household to clean and kids to run around. And anyway, um, and then, you know, at the end of the deployment, because of COVID and because of it, it affected military families in so many ways. Mm-hmm. There was people that weren't PCSing, they were supposed to PCS and just deployments that were supposed to happen and then they didn't and then they were supposed to, and it was just like crazy. And then that kind of happened with us at the very end where his, his homecoming got changed like four times. <laughs> and I am a planner. I need to know all the things. And like, I was, I can't remember what I was trying to plan around it. And just, I was trying to plan my life because I was still yeah. going, going, going. And yeah. so it was just really emotional, like huge emotional roller coaster at the end when he was coming. And then, but that just made it all the better because we just were so happy to be together again. And it just has yeah. made our family so much stronger, so much stronger because not only was it hard for my husband to not be home with us and us missing him, it killed him not to be there for us and to be there to comfort us, you know, physically and just to be that presence in our home. That was, it was really hard for him too. Um, 
he was really homesick and wanting to be there with us. And so it wasn't like, you know, cause, cause things were kind of shut down over there. And so he wasn't busy. A lot of times, you know, on these deployments, they're so busy. It flies by for them. Yeah. Right. But for us, we're like counting the minutes. And so it wasn't like that for him. And so he was, he had a hard time too. And so we just kind of had to lean on each other the best we could. Yeah. Awesome. I mean, not awesome that you had to experience it, but the growth and the love that can come out of it is, um, it's beautiful. It can be really beautiful. And yeah, it's, you know, I said in one of my posts about the deployment that, you know, 2020, like if you ask me what the best thing, what, or the hardest thing was about 2020, it would be the deployment, but what was the best thing? It would also be the deployment because of what it did for us it took me took me a few months to be grateful for that hard it was very like it took me a few months for that gratitude to set in and go okay this is what we learned and this is what it did for our family and so but now I can say I'm grateful for it that's awesome um last question what is your key to thriving that you want to share with your fellow waiting warriors um, I think that the key to thriving as a military spouse is, um, like what I said before and not to forget yourself, um, that, you know, we can be proud and we can be supportive and we can, you know, be, do all the things military wife related, but don't forget yourself. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it's never too late to find your passions in your life and just go with them because it when we are fulfilled and when we are living our lives the way we feel like we're supposed to and passionate and happy and excited it affects the whole family mm-hmm. and you've got you know my husband is is my family all benefits from my passion because i'm in the kitchen that's my, <laughs> that's my stress reliever I so really lucky, really lucky them i can always say that i wish that running was my stress reliever but no it's <laughs> cooking um but you know, just to find your passions and never give up on your dreams, because when you're fulfilled and you're happy, then everyone is in your house and you, in it, you know, it trickles down to your kids and, and what they see you doing with your life. And, you know, you've got, you know, a, your, your, um, spouse can be just as proud of you as you are of them. Mm-hmm. And it just like brings joy to our marriage that, we're both like cheering each other on and, you know, um, and also I would say just not dwelling on the hard and finding the good in every, everything. There are blessings in the hard parts of our lives and we can't, we have to, we have to focus on that and always try to see the good through everything we do. And then if we can do all those things, we can thrive. Not, it just, you know, comes so easy. like I said it took me a few months to be grateful for the hard but you know it came yeah so yeah and I think it comes because you're wanting you're wanting to figure that out do you know what I mean like because I I see some people that are just like like they don't even see a hope that good could come from it Mm -hmm. you don't even if you're not even looking, then you're really never going to find it. Like, yeah, 
Yeah. Well, I think that anytime you go through a hard thing and you come out on the other side and you're, you're still standing and you're happy and you're thriving, you can say, oh my gosh, I did this hard thing. So then maybe if I do, if this other hard thing comes on along in my life, I can be like, it wasn't as hard as a <laughs> pandemic and a deployment at the same time. Like I feel yeah. like a rock star, like I could do anything now. <laughs> and so that's yeah. a, definitely a silver lining. <laughs> you can go through a deployment and a pandemic and get a poster of you <laughs> put up in local grocery stores. I feel like you yeah. can. Yeah. Yeah. I can do it. Any, I can do anything. You should feel like you can. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness. So what is the best way for somebody to connect with you? If they want to say thank you, if they want the delicious recipes, all right, I am on Instagram at charlotte.shares and that's that's my blog name because I I sh I share everything. Like I'm I'm a restaurant foodie. I share my my military life. I share teaching sometimes. I and I share all the yummy food. <laughs> and um so yeah, so it's charlotte.shares on Instagram and my blog is charlotteshares.blog. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for coming on the show. Guys, go give Charlotte <laughs> love. Trust me. You will get hungry, though. Like, yeah. well, I have learned that I have to check <laughs> your Instagram at certain times of the day. Because <laughs> especially while Austin was deployed, for like, I have a really hard time going to bed when he deploys. So then it's like 10 o'clock. I'm still not asleep. So I get on my phone and then I'm looking at your stuff. I'm like, well, now I want to go cook. You're like enchiladas, tacos, <laughs> biscuits and gravy. <laughs> so, I mean, that's just my two cents. If you have more willpower and that doesn't <laughs> you crazy, then you, you go ahead. But there is some delicious delicious stuff over there thank you so much for having me this has been really fun anytime waiting for you to remember just because it's hard doesn't mean it has to be miserable thanks again charlotte thank you if you are loving this podcast i would really appreciate it if you would leave a review reviews help other waiting warriors out there find this amazing community and resource it will go a long way and only takes like five seconds. Thanks so much. <laughs>